Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, and it's your sad little boy, uh, <laughs> Bruiser Holden McNeely, that just wants your company. That I don't, it's hard to do the intro for the Connect because what even the hell is it? But I'm just going to go with the weird demo that they did. Hi, it's me. I'm an awkward child actor on stage in front of thousands of people playing with a pretend tiger. There you go, Skittles. Stop, <laughs> stop licking me through the screen. This Ugh. is definitely not a intricately rehearsed dance that people yelled at me till I got right. Don't you want to buy? Buy this product? I'm an awkward <laughs> child on stage in front of thousands of people. Oh, E3. I, I will not stand here and l- to this Skittle slander. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have with us uh, Derek uh, from uh, Stop Skeletons from Fighting, uh, the YouTube channel. Fantastic. Oh, uh, it's you. a good get, y'all. Uh, if you don't, <laughs> if you aren't familiar, uh, he's fantastic, and he has his own video on the history of connect of the connect. And thank you so much for joining us as we walk down this weird ass corner, this weird mem- piece of memory lane oh, uh, in yeah. terms of video games. We we just we just did the Virtual Boy, which was its own bizarro tale. And now I guess we're doing like a weird. I guess we'll call it failed hardware, even though the connect is a little different because it actually did sell well out the gate and was successful in certain ways but then also uh led to some problems let's say with the uh, xbox one yeah, rollout it, it is it is well first off thank you for having me yeah. um and yeah this this topic is like uh it's it's so fascinating because it really doesn't feel like it was that long ago but it it really was <laughs> like you kind of think about here we are in 2021 but like 2011 how different things were and mm-hmm. where the trends were and also the, th- the thing about this story that excites me the most is not only the, all the juicy stuff around it. The fact is that when the Kinect launched, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, <laughs> it was a huge success. Yeah, yeah. When it first came out, it was an enormous success. Totally. Which is crazy because nobody remembers it very fondly other than like people would use it for ghost hunting or like weird art stuff. You know, I think it's because it was under the guise of we're going to change gaming. And we were already had this in our head because of the rollout of the Wii, which we've also done an episode on. And that did kind of change gaming to a certain degree. But uh, the Kinect really had this big message of like, it's going to just be different, y'all, in the way that we approach video games. And then it just didn't actually really happen. And I think that that is why people look at it as a failure, where it actually sold gangbusters at first and the xbox one rollout as well what freaks me out about the story of the connect is uh having done 
Virtual Boy then this? Like, <laughs> Virtual Boy had no support. Yeah. It was left out to rot with, like, no backing from the company itself, from the media, from, like, any point of production. It was just this poor little orphaned device. And then the Connect had so much love behind it. Like, going back and watching all of this promotional material, just tons of, like, live events, Times Square filled with people dancing, uh uh, sports arenas in LA filled with Cirque du Soleil performers doing elaborate dances with giant things. Every single Steven Spielberg showing up in 2009 E3, like uh, reading about the making of this thing and how it like required billions of research and development from every tentacle of Microsoft's entire commercial entity to make this thing possible. And still the thing it was lacking was like, a reason for anyone to play it and yeah. go, yes, I'm having fun. Oh, Wii Sports. It, it, it lacked a killer app, period. And then on top of that, they had the whole bungle with the trying to, with the pack in on the Xbox One and then going like, oh, no, never mind. Ooh, sorry. You know what I mean? And the whole mixed in with all the other stuff that went wrong with the messaging of the Xbox One and that just wild, turbulent whole time. Uh, one of my favorite times, probably catching it live in video game news rollouts. <laughs> Was that whole crazy E3 with the just the, and the PlayStation over there just making just chilling, handing each other like this making how you memes, borrow a game, cutting yeah, memes handing, on yeah. the fly, <laughs> just killing it on every level. Um, definitely, definitely was so memorable. In fact, we call it the gush, Derek. Uh, early on, and uh, when we talk about like what's our personal relationship with whatever subject we're covering. I feel like my gush is more like that stuff, just enjoying, like, just being very entertained by that that E3 rollout, mixed with, I have a Connect. I don't even know if I ever plugged it in. My buddy, this never happens, by the way, but for some reason this happened one, this one specific time. My buddy did a commercial for Microsoft and got a free Xbox 360 and sold it to me for, like... 20 bucks or something. <laughs> um, it was at the end of the console cycle. I'm saying this never happens because I feel like when, when I used to work at day job, people would be like, uh, and I got like a Taco Bell commercial one time and people were just like, oh, so you gotta, they give you a bunch of Taco Bell. It's like, no one, you don't get free stuff usually. But this guy happened to get an Xbox 360. Uh, but I don't even know. I, I Maybe I played Just Dance a couple times at a friend's house. I don't think I messed with the Kinect that much because I've always been a PlayStation guy. Just not, I'm not... Like, I don't care, care. But I've just always kind of tended to or towards the PlayStation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even remember. I just, I remember, I played a lot of Wii. I don't know, Jake, did you, Derek, did y'all mess, like, have memorable experiences with this uh, hardware? No, I mean, it's like E3 <laughs> is always, like, this fascinating, uh, just this, it's kind it's, it's, the, the, the disasters about E3 are always very interesting yes. and fun. Yes, And it's, it, it is, a, the, the Connect is also a reminder of how just, wild and crazy this industry is and like you i, I want to backpedal a little bit because you said that like the connect didn't have a killer app and that's maybe true but like connect sports is the best-selling xbox 360 game whoa I like, don't it's even not I halo didn't... 3 it's not gears of war it's not forza it is yeah it's that you know what derek we're getting confrontational you're in the hot seat welcome <laughs> welcome to hot seat our new segment within a segment within the gosh we put pew, pew, our pew. guests on the hot seat it's hot seat i'm sick and tired of these packing games getting bestseller status nobody that's not doesn't count if, they, if we're talking about this why don't we talk about Link's crossbow training right why I, don't we I, just I, talk about Link's crossbow fair. training and that's fair i mean well, I mean, we got to talk about yeah like at one point it was like you couldn't get a Wii mote for the Wii for a while because they didn't sell them separately, but they sold it with 
Wii Sports right. or Wii Sports 2 or whatever it was. But there was a, right. there was a, hot, there was a good year or so where they didn't sell Wii remotes by themselves or it was difficult to get them by themselves. So they packed it in with a game. It's like when, you know, Prince or Lady Gaga, it's like buy a concert ticket to my new, <laughs> but also get a free album and then it counts on billboards. So yeah, I mean. Still goes to show, what, was it a pack-in for the 360 or was it a pack-in for the Kinect though? I think you could, God, it was so complicated. I forget exactly, but I'm pretty sure they had, you know, a console sets with the Kinect and of course they gave you a game. Yeah. And probably when you bought a Kinect, by itself, at first, it came with the game. So it still shows, I mean, it still reveals the popularity of the hardware, at least, you know, out of the gate, mm -hmm. for sure, right? And, uh, but yeah, but, but yeah, going back to, you know, uh, again, and Jake, I wanted to ask you, what, what do you have a personal connection with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to talk about because in my mind, all I'm picturing are this fucking Star Wars dance. <laughs> he looked, he looked dance. away like with regret. He was like, <laughs> I know it's an audio podcast. We we're on Zoom. And he like looked off camera and went, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, when I also got a hold of a semi-freebie Xbox One uh, that came packed with the Kinect right uh, during launch, and uh, it was for a website I worked for. Uh, and we all gathered around for this hot new technology. This was Connect 2.0. This was the bleeding edge system. And we never really got freebies. So we were like oh, super, you know, we got to feel for a brief moment like VIP rock star people. So we all gathered in the lounge, plugged <laughs> in the Xbox One. And just the and the only game we got with it was Zoo Tycoon, I think, what? or whatever it was called, Zoo Simulator. <laughs> and the, just the fucking thing did not work at all. Like, just every time we tried to do a voice command, it wouldn't work. Every time we tried to, like, use gesture controls, it barely worked. And it was extremely frustrating. Um, and, like, at that moment, it just soured for me. And I'm sure we did. So... One of the things that I'm getting, having been immersed in Connect Land for a week straight, <laughs> is under ideal circumstances <laughs> where the depth camera had the right amount of like throw mm -hmm. to capture you and the things around you didn't like clog up the sensor, and with the right programming to filter out like the noise to uh, information to signal of your movement, it could be a magical immersive experience. But that is just not enough people had that magical experience and more people just had Xbox. Stop. Yeah. Xbox. Xbox. I'm no, no. Move. My strongest memories besides like the just the promotional stuff around it and E3 is it would have to be uh, like the silly watching people make fun of the silly Star Wars dance stuff. And also um, giant bomb cast coverage of Steel Battalion heavy armor <sighs> because that was such a nightmare. And I actually went back. I was like, wait, I, I want it. It was like a little walk through memory lane. I put on their quick play video of it. Just show. And literally the first thing they say is like. Uh, Brad Schumacher is just like I hate this game. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's the first thing he says, and 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 just I li I remember listening to just hours of them just talking about how shitty this game was because they can be entertaining sometimes when they talk shit about games. There, there's another really good giant bomb clip. My my personal favorite giant com giant bomb clip from this was a uh, uh, the late great Ryan Davis. They did a huge uh, like a full day uh, live stream. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh, and there's one game where he's like 
riding a horse. Uh-huh. And, he, and Ryan cannot get the fucking horse to jump. <laughs> Is it Fable the Journey? Is that it? <laughs> No, and there's some announcer, and he's just like, every time he messes up, he's like, oh, please, let me reintroduce you to horse meet rider, rider meet horse. And he keeps failing, and I says that every time, and I, tell, I can tell he's trying to be professional, but he's like seething with anger, and like, and like Jeff Gerson's like getting in his face, like, horse meet rider, like he's agit- and I can tell he was, it was all friends, it was all That's professional, awesome. he wanted to punch something so bad, and he like, goes off camera, and he's just like, I fucking don't, I don't want to play this fucking thing ever again <laughs> it's it, it, yeah when it works it was amazing but like i think that was why i mean they were really on to something with the contact because i think you you were kind of buying a promise you were buying a dream right <laughs> right and y- y- yo like it was people just believed in this and thought it was great and if it had worked they maybe would have been able to do this but like it was it was they didn't they didn't do it yeah there was the we will definitely unpack yeah. how this thing went took took a wrong turn uh, a in a couple different yeah, yeah. segments of its history let's jump into it uh as always i love to give the summary of the episode about 11 minutes in <laughs> uh when it's way too late the xbox connect is a line of motion sensing input devices produced by microsoft in 2010 which allowed for real-time gesture recognition speech recognition and body skeletal detection for up to four people, which was phased out of being a pack-in for the Xbox One and as a fundamental piece of hardware for the Xbox at a point in its history. So uh, yeah, let's start off with um, a little trip back in time to the mid-2000s, a time of many sea changes in the video game world that beat uh, out the PlayStation 3 uh, to make it the number one destination for hardcore console gamers. Of course, the PS2 was really where it was at when the Xbox first launched, and then the 360 with its online with it just kind of came out it came seemingly almost came out of nowhere and just completely overtook PlayStation 3 who was mired in issues developing for the console things of that nature I mean in just my a lot memory of weird. it was just weird the menu was weird I don't know it was weird <laughs> we have still not fulfilled the promise that in my imagination the PS3 cell processor contained mm. like I nothing but stories about like you know, they can't even send them to Iraq because they're capable of, like, testing nuclear explosions. <laughs> and it's going to be in your living room, man. <laughs> and meanwhile, Xbox was like, we used a processor and a, and we, and, and a, and a GPU. And, ever, and all the developers were like, oh, yeah, that's way better. Why don't you just use that? <laughs> we have Halo, we're cheaper, and we're out a year earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, really, the success of the 360 at the start was because the PS3 was such a an absolute shit show when it launched. It yeah. took years. They did turn it around, but like, you know, there was an opening and Microsoft took it. Yeah, for sure. Then on top of that, you had this crazy, uh, completely out of left field uh, introduction of the Nintendo Wii and its huge success. Yeah. We did a whole episode on that. Just go there, check that out. Uh, but either way, it just kind of changed the whole way. Not only, you know, we're, Game, people making consoles and games looking at how we approach it but also even I remember being you know myself and most of the people I was talking to at the time were like wow this is really just a, we're, we're really going to start playing games differently we're going to approach them differently I think that was a lot of the the conversation going on with everybody so of course Microsoft then starts looking at how we could remove that intimidating controller from family game night and have a way to play games with no controller at all so Derek I, this change in philosophy, this this uh, reach for a new brass ring, 
uh, in your video, you kind of pin it to the changing of the guard mm, at mm-hmm. Xbox Micro or whatever their division is called. Yeah. Digital yeah. fun good. Yeah, whoever's been, <laughs> yeah, Peter Moore, Don Matrick, Phil Spencer, they've all had like different titles. But basically, you can map the this sea change with basically Peter Moore resigns at EA's Don Matrick takes over. Uh, and you can also, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, see how the Xbox One starts to turn itself around when Don Matrick leaves and Phil Spencer takes over. Yeah. Um, but really... It is Dom Matrick, and I, I've always thought of Dom Matrick as a bit of a Cassandra in that he he sees the future, and I think, again, what's fascinating about the Connect is it, on paper, was a brilliant idea. He just can't... The creative and business mind of Dom Matrick is always at war with each other, and they can't seem to ever meet eye to eye, and he just kind of fails his way through this entire process, <laughs> accidentally succeeding, mostly kind of bungling the whole thing up. And, and again, Phil Spencer has done a pretty good job of cleaning the whole thing up. But Peter Moore is like more of an, he was like a former Sega executive. Mm-hmm. He was also like, he, like he moved on to be, he's, he's part of, he's, he's a uh, football, uh, uh, he's Liverpool football now. He is a athlete. <laughs> he's a competitor. So he was like, oh yeah, Xbox Live, you know, Halo Online. This is the, and he really understood that audience. And then Don Matrick is just not a macho dude. Yeah. Uh, and you can just kind of see, and there's nothing wrong with that, but just No, like, but if that dude doesn't drink fucking Mountain Dew, <laughs> exactly. he's not with it. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going He doesn't know what the deal is. He's not collected. If Don Matrick drinks Mountain Dew, it's with a straw. I mean, <laughs> yeah. oh, which, yeah, which you can sure. do, but like read a the room, Don. Swirly one too. Yeah. It's got like little turns and twists on it and everything and little pictures. Well, I mean, nothing wrong with the, nothing wrong with the crazy straw, actually. I feel like if you get a drink <laughs> with a straw, I mean, like, yeah. Oh, I'm, we got a real crazy strong guy <laughs> over here. I bet that stuff sure can't even tell the difference between Baja Blast and Code Red. <laughs> so cut to five Israelis that met in the Israel Defense Force. Seriously, this, by the way, reminds me so much of the Virtual Boy episode with this, like, weird small dev team and Prime Sense. It's the same story as the Wii. Like, there's just people come up with these economical sensors and then try and pitch it to whatever company will actually integrate it into something. So these guys met uh, in the Israel Defense Forces during their required service. Their names are Aved, Mazels, Ophir, Sharon, Alex, Shput, uh, I'm gonna say all these wrong, by the way, Dima Reis and Tamir Berliner. They all have a science background. They all have degrees in math, engineering, something of that sort. And they decide to start a company to, quote, come up with the next big thing uh, according to Maisel a, quote, technology that made technology itself disappear. They call the company PrimeSense and decide to put their focus on the games industry because they felt the modern ones had become stagnant, modern games. They wanted to explore the concept of one's body being the controller by using depth-sensing technology to map a moving body and develop a camera that can do just that and recognize gestures for hands-free control. Of course, then Microsoft super interested. This is like exactly what they're looking for because they're trying to compete with the Wii and they meet uh, up with them at the Game Developers Conference where they were showing off this tech. They have an official meeting three months later at 2006's E3 conference. And at this point, however, the tech is just too big and too expensive for them. So then the Nintendo Wii drops and was sort of a proof of concept for Microsoft and, oh, okay, great, yeah. So the Wii had, I guess, not come out but that when they were dabbling with this PrimeSense stuff, but that was the convincer that made it so that they were like, we got we got to work on this thing, and they t- and they put the money on it, right, essentially. They take this PrimeSense technology, and we're like, yeah, yeah, but we're going to throw a bunch more money on this and really make this product, like, much stronger. 
than what they were shown. And so uh, at Microsoft, Alex Kipman, general manager of hardware incubation, is joined by creative director and general manager uh, Darren Bennett and a guy named uh, Kudo Sunoda, all get to work on improving the Prime Sense tech with machine learning. Can we get more insight on maybe some of these oh guys? Kudos to Noda, by the way. That guy's Man. got a look. That guy's got a vibe. I mentioned this in the video, but I feel like these types of visionary people need to be out of their minds <laughs> with the, like, because they are legit, like, fucking crazy people. Yeah. And then what you do is you then, like, those crazy people, but you need visionaries like that, but then you also need people that can, like, rein them in and go, all right, well, calm down, Johnny. And those, like, you listen, like, one of the great things about researching this topic is reading what those guys were saying about the technology <laughs> and some of the amazing pull quotes you can get from it. But credit's where it's due, man. Those guys really believed in this and they they put in the effort and it's kind of amazing they were turned it around. It's fast as they did, really. Yeah. It feels like uh, I'm working mainly off an article from 2010 in Wired Magazine uh, that's the inside story of Microsoft's secret Project Natal. <laughs> oh, yes. It was code. By the way, we should say it was codenamed Project Natal. So you're going to hear that. It wasn't the Connect at this point. And it seems like they were working with a lot of different depth sensing technologies to like try and figure out which one uh, they were going to deal with, but it's kind of Don Matrick had the idea that we need to like out we the we, and the only way they could do that is to go one step above waggling a remote and get rid of the controller entirely. So much of the marketing is based on this incredibly flawed premise. They have Steven Spielberg <laughs> out in the middle of E3 being like, what's the worst thing about playing video games? Of course, it's the controller. <laughs> At E3, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. There's like uh, articles uh, from the whole way where like they have like George Lucas sitting on a panel with Matrick and Spielberg and like they're saying shit like the this is a quote from uh, Spielberg where it's like the second you get the controller, something turns off in your heart. It becomes a sport. Like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like maybe if you're old and you pick up like a Xbox 360 controller, you're like two joysticks i don't know about that but you get it's, right. it's not like a burden microsoft has infinite coffers but kitman is like the seed he is the uh what what was the incubation svengali who uh is uh kind of he's kind of the point man he's experimenting with all these depth sensing cameras including ones like prime sense that uh microsoft gets exclusivity deals they buy out as other companies and like He's just playing around with them. And uh, Kudo is like brought in a little bit later. But according to the hype, these two visionaries, their minds meet and they end up talking for hours about the possibilities of the technology. Yeah, but Kudo is more of like the kind of practical video game guy. And Kitman was like just the tech. I mean, it's sort of similar to its software, John Romero and John Carmack. Like yeah. One was like the brain. The other one was like, oh, I know what I can do with this technology to, to, to actually make it into games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More or less. They both had a kiss of Molyneux to them where like they understood. <laughs> oh, we'll get to Molyneux. <laughs> yeah, well, Molyneux yeah, also is this. Molyneux in this story. Talk about, oh my God, talk about something that overpromises. And then, yeah, we did our Fable episode uh, not too long ago, actually. So, yeah. I guess to, I, I guess what I'm trying to uh, summarize this entire years long development process, the Prime Sense sensor blasts a proprietary dot pattern of infrared little dots all it's like a uh, it's it's like a giant static image like literally like television static across the living room an infrared camera 
can read that dot pattern. You don't see it because it's all infrared. And then seeing how the dot pattern is obstructed and moved around, it can translate that into motion and depth. Because if the dots are like bigger, it knows that means closer. And from a fixed distance and calibrated correctly, it can take that dot info and get a usable depth 3D uh, image to a computer. There's also a low resolution color camera there for facial recognition, for uh, having that weird moment where it shows you yourself on the TV and you go, ah, I'm on the TV (laughs) and you feel very excited. And the things that like they want this thing to do was if they're getting rid of the controller, they need voice recognition technology and they need to enlist all the people on in Microsoft from a different sector that are working on voice recognition technology. They uh, have to deal with the fact that even though the depth camera can deliver all this raw data very quickly, processing it efficiently and actually translating that into game motion uh, takes insanely precise algorithms and like different ways to kind of cut through the noise and translate it effectively into an input for the screen. And so they're working with like, uh, researchers from all over the world, some of which they call out and they're like, we need you on board at Microsoft. And the researcher's like, I already work for Microsoft. And Alex <laughs> Kipman's like, sweet, that just saved me a lot of trouble. <laughs> also, you, I, mean, I think the most interesting thing to me is uh, you have senior product planner Richard Velasquez going around the US, Asia, and Europe looking at living rooms because everybody like culturally living rooms have a different sizes, different layouts, different obstacles and, and things that they need to work with in order uh, for this thing to actually work in uh, all over the world. And again, you don't even think about that when it comes to a console and a controller, you know what I mean? Like the controller is going to be the same everywhere, but now that you're the controller, uh, that adds a shitload of variables. Velasquez said, some people had their living room set up for a Wii all the time. Other people, when they wanted to play Wii or whatever, they had to significantly adjust and move the coffee table out of the way and adjust it so far and uh, do all this other stuff. And you know, then and then also you have varying heights in a family and uh, all that sort of stuff they have to work with as well. So just tons of money being re- uh, invested into R and D. And uh, yeah, and and then a big part of it was having the Connect adjust itself, having that tiny little motor because we forget about that the connect kind of had a little life of its own it was like kind of it would it would adjust for different situations because they wanted to they didn't want to be uh quote breaking the magic according to velasquez he felt that that would sort of do that uh and again also though we talked a lot about how the one part of the Wii's success was how like invisible they kind of made the sensors and everything in the family home setup you know it was just this tiny little bar that you could put kind of anywhere around you know by your tv as long as it was like centered correctly and it sort of disappeared on an entertainment device but uh they had to create all these different kinds of things just to make what they yeah, were trying I, I, to I want to just jump work. in really quick and sure. just kind of like for the because you're talking about all this technology and all the stuff they're trying to do voice recognition cameras and stuff um but for context sake the first iPhone came out in 2007. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about where we are with like Alexa and those types yeah. of products and stuff like where they are now here in 2021, 2020. Um, they were trying to do this stuff like, uh, over a decade ago. If, you know, put yourself, they were trying to do something so early yeah. that just wasn't nailed down yet. And that's another fascinating thing about certain tech is like when you have the right idea, is the tech even 
does it even exist yet? Yeah, kind of like the Virtual Boy. Yeah. Oh like, my God, very much. Or the so. Engage. Hey, the Engage. Yeah, hey. yeah. And, and <laughs> we will. We'll talk about the legacy of the Connect closer to the end of the episode. But I will just throw it out there that like we ha- the the progress of Alexa and those sorts of things. We have the Connect to thank for a lot of that tech. Oh, okay. Well. Actually, I wasn't. I didn't. Make, I haven't made that connection yet. We're still. Fo- you guys are probably going to school me on like the second half of this because we haven't made that. Video <laughs> yeah, yet. yeah. Because you yeah. your your episode specifically about the Connect is more on that sort of that rollout portion. But yeah. yeah, it is. It did lead to some interesting developments. Two big chapters is the the kind of the rise and the fall of it. Yeah. And we haven't made that video quite yet. So this <laughs> probably, well, actually, you guys are going to help us research on that. Okay, I'm just going to take notes then. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think the magic of Kipman and Sonoda, though, is especially going off uh, the Wired article, is every point along the path of development where somebody, the mythical person in charge, the grown-up in the room goes, whoa, 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 this is insane. We can't run, uh, you know, like all these algorithms and prediction things like off Xbox hardware while running a top tier game and making sure that it can run in people's living rooms without being obstructive. Like this is not going to work. Every single time the grown up in the room was supposed to chime in with that, Sonoda and Kitman would have a meeting with the executives with the prototype hardware and they'd have the conditions just right and all those executives would leave going, holy shit, they did it. Yeah. Holy yeah. fuck, that's amazing. We got to give these guys more money. <laughs> Even the, uh, uh, oh God, this is bad, bad. Re- send me emails on how I'm a bad research boy. Uh, one of the head developers at Rare, uh, Microsoft owned studio at that point, uh, at GDC talks about how like everybody he knows that's touched the connect had a connect moment where they're like completely incredulous. They know about like all the issues that would it would take to make this work. But in their demo, they got it to work and they just immediately sip the Kool-Aid and are obsessed with it. And like, this is the future. This has to be it. Group program manager Richard Irving said, we did the math at one point, And if you were to try and test all of the possible permutations, it was over a trillion test cases that you would have had to run manually in a lab somewhere. There just wasn't enough time in computing history to actually have tested all of those cases in a lab. And so the question was, how do we get all these scenarios covered in the time frame that we need to? The solution was the biggest take-home program the company had ever tried, allowing the whole of Microsoft employees, not just those working on the Xbox, to take the Connect home and try it out themselves. They also brought in other teams, like you just mentioned, to work on it. They brought in the Bing team, uh, who helped with uh, the Connect's uh, speech recognition, uh, which is interesting. Irving said, from Microsoft's perspective, it wasn't just about video games, right? It was about the future of computing. 
which I think is really, really fascinating. Just aiming so big, so, so heavy. Um, so the goal for Microsoft, according to an anonymous employee, was to, quote, be as fun to watch as it is to play. It should be easy to start. It should work for everyone. That is what led them, of course, to Connected Ventures, which I think is their their first big, uh, like one of their big, like this is our, we need our Wii Sports. Uh, and this was trying to get the whole family together. Connected Ventures, it was made by a team of 40 people under a Microsoft Studio subsidiary called Good Science Studio. It's, uh, yeah, it had them people rafting, doing target practice with dodgeballs, that sort of thing. Um, and then on the other side, I think what worked for them a bit more was their relationship with harmonics. We did our episode on uh, Guitar Hero Rock Band. Uh, so definitely check that out. But yeah, coming off the Rock Band craze, because again, you have this other gimmick mixed in with the Rock Band craze. Harmonix is looking for their next big hit game, and they are already working on a dance game involving their own peripheral, which is no longer an issue because, hey, we've got the Connect. We don't need to make a peripheral for this game, finally, as a pack-in uh, to make this thing expensive. And they really got to work hard on making a super fun dance game. Uh, so that brings us to 2009's E3 and just all the shenaniganry there. We mentioned Steven Spielberg. Um, how, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the the E3. How about we just go around in a circle and mention things in the and the uh, debut promotional video that they promised the Connect could do? <laughs> I think. Um, well, first off, I need to make a correction. I was misspoken. Uh, it was Connected Ventures is the best-selling Xbox oh, game, yeah, not yeah, Connect yeah, Sports. Yeah, not Connect Sports. My bad. I, I, you know what? They kind of they kind of run together. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um, I think also just I I I I really like the context of things. I, we have all this all this excitement leading up to this E3 though. What you have to remember though is that you know uh, Xbox 360 beat the Wii to market by a whole year. But by uh, July 2008, the Wii officially outsells the 360. So for a brief shining moment, like Microsoft, they were they were the head. Well, they weren't ahead of the PS2, but they were top of the pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they finally were number one. And then Nintendo, who no one saw coming with this Wii mote, swept them completely. And they were like, we got to we got to get them, especially after the uh, after the GameCube. Nothing is more entertaining, more entertaining me than watching corporations scramble <laughs> to catch up to the big trend that just dropped that they had no idea was going to be a huge success because it creates these amazing things like E3 and Jake was this, this was the E3. They did the uh, little boy demo that is, is like completely impossible to do. In Are you talking about Milo? Or Milo? Are you talking about yes, Milo and you're his imaginary friend because I've always guys, guys, come on. Haven't as a gamer, you've always been like, ah, you know, I love these shooters. I love these puzzle platformers. But like, I've always just wanted to be an imaginary friend for a little boy. <laughs> it's a novel idea. Like, because yeah. the kid walks in and his parents are fighting, and he, you're like, oh hey, what's wrong, Milo? And you cheer him up. Cool idea. Uh, but like, this is the Halo console. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We just bought Halo Three. We're looking forward to Gears of War Two. We don't get it, read the real metric. It's, yes, and that's oh, it's 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 it's. <laughs> It's delicious. It's amazing. So this is what Spielberg had to say. The only way to bring interactive entertainment to everybody is to make the technology invisible. The only way. <laughs> only, the only way. <laughs> only then can we shine the spotlight where it belongs, which is on you and the fun you can have with the technology that recognizes not only your thumbs and your wrist, but your entire being. Uh, Jake, what was your favorite part of 2009's E3? Uh, I liked how uh, part of the demo was a kid holds up his own skateboard to the connect 
and then it puts the skateboard into the game, uh-huh. the bottom of the skateboard, so it's you can't see it while you're playing. But the idea of knowing that your virtual avatar is standing on the same graphic that you ride on, uh, playing a fully interactive, fully responsive skateboarding game on the connect in the middle of the living room while his entire family is cheering him on going like yeah great combo fantastic uh there's the daughter who gets to do home shopping and trying on outfits while swiping at the tv yeah yep. the, cl- the, the clueless. clueless closet that was uh uh my, my 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 partner producer grace um she saw that because i yeah i'm not super familiar with you know Movies like Clueless, but she was like, holy shit, yeah. that is absolutely selling to to a, a female demographic uh, to have the Clueless closet. And that was the whole idea, right? That was like, we got to get it into nursing homes. We got to get it into, you know, the girls' closet. Well, you're trying to get everybody, like, I mean, if, I mean, you, you say you're trying to make it for everyone. Like, here's skateboarding for the boys, and here's... Closet for the girls, you know, just be very simple <laughs> yeah, with it. But like, incredibly that, that was that was them going for it. And <laughs> yeah, again, totally. if, they, if that had worked... Holy shit! Right. But yeah, do the skateboard thing, like yeah, because you everyone everyone was playing Skate Three. Yeah. Everyone was like, "This is the best game of all time." <laughs> but the controls, you know, just two skateboarding on an analog stick. Yeah. Ugh. Thankfully, we had Tony Hawk Shred and Tony Hawk Ride. I was was the board? Wasn't there a Wii? Was did they just do it on the Wii Fit? Was Wii Fit out? Yeah. Was Wii Fit doing its thing at this point? Even uh, I think Wii Fit was like oh nine. It, okay. was, it was definitely it was around. like around this time. Yeah. And yeah. I think like the uh, the what there was actually uh, Skate It. Mm was like the skate Wii spinoff, and that has Wii balance board support. I, I don't know if the Tony Hawk games have Wii balance support support, mm-hmm. but it was not a huge demand. This sounds like a future punching weight episode, if I had to guess. It was, and it's, it's one we haven't gotten around to yet. I have all, I, I've bought multiple copies of this shit, and I haven't gotten around to it yet, so yes, thank you. Now we can at least uh, roll out Peter Molyneux, who claimed that Milo demo could even recognize emotional tone in people's voices and faces and respond realistically in real time. And I feel like a lot of these shit that did not work back in this time with the connect, they have since fixed, but um, that isn't sounds impossible or may, maybe 2030. We can get there with emotional tone recognition. Like I will, I don't want to overset my bounds because this is your podcast, <laughs> no, please. but I'm like, I want to, Hey folks, Stop this podcast. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> go watch. Go watch that video and then know that all of it is bullshit. It is 100% fake. And you're like, oh, of course it is. Yeah. Who would have ever believed? Like, she like hands, she like gives Milo a piece of paper by pushing it up to, oh no, Milo. Yeah. She gives him a piece of paper. She like pushes a piece of paper up to the camera and he grabs it. And he's like, oh, thanks for drawing me this picture or whatever. And it's like, you have to be out of your mind. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? I think it's a testament. I think it's a testament to the Wii and how it just changed. It made everybody think that like anything is possible, I feel like. The thing about the Wii is it was not precise at all. It was a basic accelerometer. And one of the things that any Wii owner would know is once you owned it for a while, you realize you didn't have to do the full motions. You kind of just could lean back and just kind of wiggle it around. And it was the illusion of the full precise controls that sold it more than the actual technology. Whereas the Kinect was like promising that exact controls and there was no lazy way to do it. And so you were just forced to like confront how imprecise it was. But then again, like that level of small nuance it had ironically had more appeal 
than or had a broader appeal than the whole connect because hey there are people with disabilities there are older people that don't have the range of motion like uh, we that we talked about in the video uh, uh grace's grandfather had muscular dystrophy couldn't raise his elbows above mm-hmm, his shoulder mm-hmm. but he could roll a 300 on we bowling he's <laughs> yes. savage but he wasn't gonna be able to do like uh, all this crazy moving around on a right, connect right and like we's are still in Old folks' homes are still in uh, hospitals for, you know, getting people back, uh, uh, get their motor functions working again. Like, I, ironically, by having a smaller thing and not trying to be the whole body, it was it worked better. Yeah. Nintendo stayed in its lane. Yeah. My favorite thing, just just to before we jump off Molyneux's Milo pitch, <laughs> my favorite thing is at one point. My purely pre-rendered. It's just a poor woman in a room, like having to like do a rehearsed acting routine in response to a pre-recorded video. Milo throws a pair of goggles. Oh, the goggles, yeah. And then the actress <laughs> pretends to catch them in a very clearly rehearsed scene. And then it cuts to Peter Milo being like, look at that right there. She pretended to catch the goggles. This is the power of Kinect technology. <laughs> Acknowledging that the Kinect wasn't doing anything. Yeah, it's yeah. just, ah. Uh, uh, so yeah, for for the launch uh, this is what group program manager Richard Irving had to say. The challenge when you have something with a product that has never been to market before, that consumers have never really seen before, the challenge that you have is figuring out what are the one or two or three things that you're going to tell consumers that it does, and how are you going to back that up and reinforce that every step of the way, which, by the way, in hindsight, after what we literally just talked about, that's hilarious. It's like, we shouldn't tell them we can it can do everything. <laughs> uh, and so uh, he follows up with, and so despite all of the cool things that the Kinect could do, what we decided that it should do at launch was stand-up, full-body tracking, and there was a set of games that lended themselves to stand-up, full-body tracking, and they were much more family-oriented. Uh, among those are Connect Adventure, Connectimals, and Dance Central. So uh, in 2010, and now you have to get into people's hands, right? We actually talked about how that the, the the how that worked with the rollout of Guitar Hero and how crazy that was for them to get that into stores. And once they got it as a demo in stores, it really took off for them. In 2010, Microsoft does a huge mall tour in the U.S. and they have kiosks set up with folks that can test out the Connect. This goes very well, so well in fact that they raise the price on the Connect from hundred dollars originally hundred dollars to hundred and fifty. Their sales expectations were so high, they felt it would extend the Xbox 360's life cycle for another five years. Xbox product director Aaron Greenberg said, We're treating the launch of Kinect as an entirely new platform launch, as almost a new generation. For us, that does extend the product life cycle, which is, and you think back on how we now look at it as this thing that kind of fell apart. I mean, this was there, this is like the, you know, people say all the time, right? This is the future of gaming. Like, they really truly believed that though they thought it was you know going to ex- actually extend the life cycle of the of the 360 which i feel like just the 360 was just so powerful or so popular rather with uh halo and all that stuff that that's really why it it's it kind of lived for as long as it did i watched this on youtube uh i it's it's a little hard to find but you can you can find it it is the connect launch event yeah. in uh it was in at the Gallen Center at the University of Southern California, and it was, it's Jeff Keeley of all people Who hosting better? it, uh, and like he's interviewing Rosario Dawson and Michael Sarah and Billy Crystal is yeah. there at the launch, and there's like an awkward interview where Billy fucking Crystal is like, oh yeah, it's great, that's a video game, but you you, you wave your hands, it's <laughs> incredible, it's uh, I love it, um, and it's 
sponsored by or it's it's a interactive theater experience with Cirque du Soleil as people are wearing LED impregnated uh, robes while Cirque du Soleil performers are dressed up as cavemen. And the idea is like the connect is elevating this family. There's a family suspended in the middle of the arena in the air on wires on a flying couch. And they're like directing the performance rocks rise from the ground and they all focus on a cylindrical stage that starts turning 360 degrees so that there's people walking on the ceiling of it and on the bottom of it. There's all this new age music, like, ha, 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 ha. Like the most pretentious, expensive <laughs> waste of money I've ever seen while people pretend to play Star Wars Connect and Connectimals. And it's like promising all these things. It's just... Just under like you, all you need to do is like work one convention in your entire life, even if it's like for the insurance sellers of America to know how much fucking money they are just burning like the Joker in Dark Knight, and all for this fucking little camera thing that didn't work right. Yeah, it's insane. And while this is happening, new Call of Duty games are coming out annually, and they are selling best on Xbox 360. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's wild. Like, but they're hello. just trying to get into that Wii space so badly. Yeah, you know? they're just trying to enter that, and and that's why you got Oprah giving out free connects. Yep, yep. I, you mentioned that in your video. Uh, Ellen dancing Ellen. to uh, Just Dance and stuff like that. Dancing with the oh, stars. Dance Central. It shows dance Central. Up. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dance Central. Yeah, uh, and uh, People Magazine. You've got advertisements appearing. I mean, it was just this grand, bigger than its britches kind of rollout. Like, and also like everybody gets to play. And in the back of my head, around this time, even with how much how I was enjoying the Wii. I feel like once you start to spend a substantial amount of time with the Wii, first, I mean, you go from standing up bowling to sitting down bowling within a matter of a couple weeks. And you realize you're like, I don't want to move around. Like, like, this is when my lazy time, this is my time to fucking sit on the, lay on the couch, actually be as catatonic as humanly possible and shut my whole body down and play a video game. Like that's sort of, that was sort of the idea. And I think that's what's interesting. I mean, I will say like, I love, uh, my Oculus Quest too, but even that, I mean, it really it takes some gearing up from me. It ha I have to kind of get myself in the mood to be that physical in uh in my leisure time with video games. So, Derek, the thing I really don't understand is how did this thing sell so many units? Like, is this just the power of marketing? Because I I believe it's uh it won a Guinness Book of World Records. Right? Yes, it was it was released in North America on November 4th of 2010, and for 60 days they sell an average of 133,000 units a day, totaling 8 million units, and that earns the Guinness record for quote fastest selling consumer electronics device. You know, it's like when you see a movie gross like a hundred billion dollars. You're like, oh man, it only took five million to produce this thing. But it's like, yeah, how much did you spend on the marketing? Like, yeah, it's hard to tell the, the how much of the film actually is profitable because they don't disclose like the marketing. Um, like Alex Kipman, I think it was Kipman or was it uh, Kudo? Um, one of them was like, rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. It was such a huge, gigantic, I think it was, they just pushed and pushed and pushed. And also, like you said, they've raised the price from a hundred bucks to 150 bucks. I believe uh, a launch connect it only cost them like forty five dollars, less than fifty bucks to manufacture. Mm. Like so, there was it was an incredibly profitable thing. But also, all this is happening like you know, two thousand ten, uh, Wii sales are down twenty five percent. Uh huh. Two thousand nine, Beatles Rock Band comes out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and flops. 
like that was the moment where like the rock band, all those plastic instruments, that was done because that should have been the one that was going to be. Oh, that's that's going to be the best selling game of all time is Beatles. Yeah. yeah. And that was what and that was when I was like, nah, even the Beatles, I'm done. I don't care. <laughs> and so, again, I, I, Jake, I do not have the answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it's it's even you read all the, it's again, when you hear about it and you remember when someone tells you, no, it was actually a huge success. You go, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and you do the research and you still go, I don't understand. It mu- What's crazy is they just must have really understood that people, that people were buying into a, a fantasy, yeah. a promise. And, you know, but the real answer is that like, yes, it did very, very well initially. And there was this constant, well, these games kind of suck, but they'll get better. They're <laughs> going to keep making it. And Steel Battalion is going to come out. <laughs> there is a rumored uh, Gears of War is going to have a rail shooter that never came out. Mm-hmm. So I think people just like, they were drinking the Kool-Aid, but it wasn't, it didn't, you know, the, the high didn't last. Everyone sobered up realize how hung they hung over they were and just bought PS4s. Yeah, I think that I think that everybody was sort of like uh to use a gross word almost like lubricated by the rock band guitar hero peripheral craze and the Wii's success. They were like in the mode of like, "Oh, we get the next kind of big potential party game when it hits." which I think people are a lot more skeptical now of that kind of thing. But you uh, gave us a great sub- segue into the just the, the games that were released besides Dance Central, which was pretty much a no-brainer hit for uh, Harmonix. The other 14 launch titles were pretty much duds, and it was a tough sell for developers to make good games for it since doing so would cut them off from the other four-fifths of the Xbox user base. There was only one-fifth of the user base on the Xbox that had a connect. Um, and so why would they logically do that? If you're if you're a game dev company and you're trying to get a game out to as many people as possible for sales, I mean, and you look at the business model there, and this is a this is definitely me foreshadowing the pack-in controversy that we're about to get to. Um, for their sake, they're like, well, we're definitely gonna make a non-connect game because way more of the user base doesn't have a connect. Why would we do that? Irving said, would connect be more successful than it's been if Battlefield and Call of Duty took great advantage of it. You know, maybe. But that's also IP that is incredibly well-refined for the gamepad and for the controller. The intersection of Call of Duty players and people who are good with the Xbox gamepad is incredibly high, right? And so there are other scenarios that we imagine. Shooters and other types of games, other genres of games that lent themselves to older audiences, taking advantage of Connect with speech recognition and head tracking and things like that. But I don't feel bad that there weren't more of those games that took advantage of it because those games were already great with the controller. Uh, agreed. Uh, so instead, you got Connect Star Wars. We can finally talk about oh my God. Connect Star Wars. Okay. All you have to say, it's not Star Wars Connect. It's Connect Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> they put the Connect first, not to so you know that what it really interesting. is. That's yeah, a very, yeah. Sp- yeah, very subtle thing you have to pay attention to, but they did not lead with the Star Wars thing. Yeah. I will say, I don't know when else I get to gush about this, Connect is a great name. Sure, Whoever yeah. is in charge of the of the marketing department, better like, than Natal for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like motion and uh, f- and family friendly activities. Connect, connect, k- kinetic. Great. Yeah. Mwah. Well done. It's better than move. Better than we. And yeah. yeah. Of all of those, it was the best named one. So yeah. good point. Credit, sure. credit yeah. where credits due to that guy one in marketing. Point. Yeah. But you know, this is around the time where it really became popular. Like you had that big crazy E3 rollout that gets it becomes funnier and funnier as time passes. 
And now the Connect is just being popularized for like goofy ass make fun of the Connect YouTube videos, right? I mean, people doing just knocking it for those ridiculous. I mean, this, all right. So Connect Star Wars, by the way, if you don't know, definitely just look it up and look up specifically the dance sequences because they. I mean, you think Star Wars, you think lightsabers. Oh my God, I, I Connect. But wielding a lightsaber is going to be the coolest thing ever. Going around, being a Star Wars dude, you know what I mean? No, Which, how do you feel about Jason Derulo song? <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and I wish Jason Derulo. I just wish dance. Jason Derulo. These are knockoff. Okay, I have the list. I have the list. <laughs> all right, all right. It's incredible. Um, so one of the things about Connect Star Wars is it was a mini game collection. Yeah. And the killer app was supposed to be like the, uh, you know, Dark Side Duel Chronicles or whatever, the lightsaber-based gameplay, because that's what people dream. Yeah. I move my hand and I wield the lightsaber. That's what we all want. Which, by the way, if you want that, get get a VR helmet. Yeah. Uh, get a head to get a, uh, again, Oculus Quest 2. So much Star Wars bullshit. <laughs> it's actually pretty solid, too. And you're wielding that lightsaber and you're feeling it, definitely. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But uh, terrible. Does not respond well. It's It was the one that was teased the most at like E3 and live performances. There was always the a climactic scene where someone was doing Star Wars on screen. Turns out half of that footage was them just like waving around while a cutscene played. Uh, there was Rancor Rampage, which was also this weird dumb mini game that didn't quite work. A lot of footage of people fucking up that one. But they got harmonics to use the Dance Central engine and to put together a Star Wars-themed dance minigame with such uh, unique dance moves as the Wookiee hug, <laughs> the uh, speeder bike shuffle, uh, <laughs> the force push, the yeah. force push. You got to move your arms around for a force push. <laughs> and they didn't have the rights to have like original songs that would have cost too much. So they had sound-alike parody songs like instead of Jason Derulo's riding solo, we have I'm Han Solo. Apparently, that was basically ripped off of like MC Chris or MC Frontalot. There's mm. a nerdcore rapper that did that song, Funny. that exact song, with with a, a actually with like you know a better 
flow yeah. if you could but a better version of that song but like they kind of ripped off somebody or somebody had already done that incredible so uh funny. did that mean they also ripped off uh christina aguilera to do princess in a battle instead of genie in a bottle oh my god wow man. wow <laughs> they did a version of but instead it was all in hatties mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh which is almost impossible to listen to um they, uh, there's a dance sequence in which Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine pop and lock to, uh, I can't, uh, I can't talk about not this danger thing. mouse. What's the, uh, what's the other mouse guy with the helmet? Uh, dead mouse, dead mouse to yeah, dead yeah. mouse is stronger. Um, and my, one of my favorite songs of the 2010s is LaRue's Bulletproof. Yeah. You know, this time, I've baby, done it. I didn't do a Star Wars one though, but I did. I definitely did. That was the one song I did, played Just Dance to. I did that. Well, song. how would you like to dance as uh, Boba Fett to Blaster Proof? Oh, I thought it was going to be this time. <laughs> so, I'll be Boba so Fett. I thought it's like, no, nope, yeah, no. Nope. It... Blaster Proof from Star Wars Galactic Dance Off. <laughs> Oh, that's not even true. Barely any of the lyrics are changed around. It's terrible by parody standards. What if you did a meta version like you're it's it's you're going to a Halloween and you gotta pick a costume? Oh, this time I'll be Chewbacca or something like that. <laughs> that's a better um I don't know. Someone pay me for that. One uh, it's especially funny because um it's especially funny because for a lot of these sequences, they use digitized versions of uh, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. And like you can feel them spin in like you like they definitely would not have agreed to this if it wasn't for corporate malfeasance. But it's like, yeah, a few times I've been around this track, but I ain't no hologram girl oh, with right, Slave Leia in it. the bikini doing the dances. It's abhorrent. Wait, why is she in the bikini? She's in the hologram. <laughs> She's not wearing the bikini. That's not yeah. how it, that's excuse me. All right. In, in A New Hope, she was. <laughs> uh we all we also mentioned uh briefly steel battalion heavy armor but i just want to go back and say i mean the whole deal with that was it was a it was this crazy it, again it was a peripheral situation before it had it came with this crazy 40 button controller uh that you wielded and you were like manning a tank but for the connect version steel battalion heavy armor you, it's just your hands trying to you're trying to like just grab these different levers and things in this tank and it just barely worked and was just a terribly designed game. So this is the heartbreaking thing. I watched footage of Steel Battalion Heavy Heavy Armor. Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. an incredibly well-written and a really unique, like kind of realistic mecha scenario uh, where you're kind of American. Oh, yeah, you're rebels. a mech. It's not a tank. It's a mech. Yeah. No, like no, no. Tank. It's a tank with legs. Yeah. That's that's their because they're trying to be more gritty and realistic. You have like crew members in the cockpit with you, and you have to like make sure that they're doing their job right. Like there's a lot of very interesting things in that game. Uh-huh. But the core of it didn't work. Is you're supposed to be playing it from a seated position mm-hmm. with your arms tucked in because you're kind of using the controller in addition to the connect. And if there is one position that the skeletal tracking on the Kinect is awful at keeping right, it's a hunched, compact, seated position. Yeah. Because all of the things that make the Kinect possible are all these uh, motion algorithms that kind of trust that it kind of 
approximates where your human skeleton is moving at any given time because you're standing up straight in a cleared off area. <laughs> and apparently, before we get into the packing thing, I just want to say, apparently the worst game is Fighter Within, a game I'd never heard of, which is this incredibly broken fighting game that just was, uh, It would maybe it would be fun if it worked. Fighter Within is the Xbox One sequel, Fighters Uncaged is oh, okay. the 360 version, and it's even worse. <laughs> and, and the backstory for that, though, is it actually... They were going to have an internal processor, like mm. the the Connect itself was going to have, you know, juice. Yes. And then they decided uh, to like pull that out and like they so essentially it's got all this shit and the this 2005 developed Xbox 360 is supposed to run the game gotcha. and the camera. Yeah. And it's like so I, I, when you hear about Steel Battalion, apparently it was ideally supposed to work like if that if they hadn't pulled that tech out it would yeah. have probably it would have been a but much that probably strong, yeah. made it way cheaper and they made way more money with it huh oh yeah the lag yeah. Right. the lag is the because like because so the depth sensor can give you the information but sorting through it in a way that a game can translate as decipherable motion takes a lot of cycles mm -hmm. and you would need an internal processor to just offload that responsibility so that the game has enough uh, horsepower to like have nice graphics and you know have all the systems in play and have the physics going and all the myriad of things that can suck up the resources of a computer. But with the console having to process everything that the Kinect is sending it, you're not even getting that like one-to-one -one 3D motion that even like a, a Wii Motion Plus could deliver because the game itself is like a half second behind your hands. And that feels... If you if you're playing a modern VR game and your motions are a half second behind you, throw up. Yeah, yeah. you literally feel sick. like they have to fix that tech or they can't. They have no product. But in this, it was I guess they they pushed it out. Then they do another go on the Kinect that had them improving the speech recognition, lower latency, and improved depth sensing technology. But more importantly. This new round with the Connect would be a pack-in with the new Xbox One, which was announced in 2013. And, uh, oh, right, also, uh, it needs to be plugged in at all times for the console to even be operational. And the Xbox One has to be online at all times, apparently, according to this announcement. Velasquez said... The primary reason for including the Xbox Connect in every Xbox One initially was because you want the developers to be able to say, yeah, this is available to every single person who has that console. So it's worth my time, resources, and investment dollars to develop something with the Connect in mind because everyone has it. The problem, this is when things get so fascinating with just the games industry in general and the Connect. The hardcore gamer community that has really been supporting and making the 360 as gangbusters in sales as it has been with Call of Duty, Halo, all that kind of stuff, they're looking at all your advertisements for the Kinect and your cheesy-ass games for the Kinect that are trying to all be marketed towards not them. Right, and so they only associate the Kinect with a useless, corny, cheesy game line holden, uh, and, holden, you know holden. what i mean and so yeah they're like fuck this i don't want this pack in like this is only gonna make this thing cost more holden you are i can't have you insult gamers like this their egos are not so <laughs> fragile that their entire 
self-image of masculinity and validity is tied into their choice of game consoles and that a shift in marketing towards different games for different people, they would somehow perceive as a threat or less appealing. Right. What, what kind of weird baby people do you think gamers are that that would happen in the world? You know, and I agree with that, but at the same time, even I don't, <laughs> I watch the Connect Star Wars stuff and I don't want to be associated with that. I don't, you know. One of I mean? the earliest, I forget if it was Xbox One or 360, but there was a Connect uh, a presentation where he starts off with going like, Xbox, play Justin Bieber. What are you doing? <laughs> it's I, I watched this. That's, I watched it. I watched it. It's, he goes to the Zoom app and oh, yeah. it's like Xbox play music, and it automatically goes to Justin. Oh, that's Bieber. what it is. Okay, but still, and the guy realizes so how dumb this is and yeah. just goes like, "Haha, yeah, I guess we're listening to some Justin Bieber." <laughs> like, he just tries to play it off. Yeah, and then you get those walkbacks, and that was when it got really entertaining. Oh wait, oh, okay, wait, wait. Uh, the second show, so Prime Sense, the Israeli company, got uh-huh. bought by Apple of all people and in a weird twist of fate chances are you have a miniature connect in your if you have an iPhone X or later the face ID system uses the same dot mapping projection to sense to create a depth map and that's used in the face ID the notch in your iPhone is the exact same technology as an original Xbox 360 Kinect. And there's a lot of other tech that now is incorporated into things like that. The Kinect itself was the problem, right? The Kinect and the games around it. The actual tech that the Kinect was was actually very useful for uh, the general population, but just incorporated in different ways in a phone, mm-hmm. in, you know, we'll, we'll see in, in, in helping help people with like, uh, recovering from strokes uh, in medical in the medical field. We'll, we'll talk more about that in just a second. But yeah, yeah. Fun art projects at MIT where you wave your hands and cool shit happens. Yeah, yeah. The Connect uh, Generation 2 uses a time of flight sensor, which instead of a giant infrared uh, dot map, just pings lasers all over your room at like a billion times a second. And it can actually time the speed of light precisely enough that it knows how far it's the laser took to like bounce off your shit and come back to you. Yeah, which it's is fascinating. But back at this point, it was a useless addition that seemed to the general population to just only make the Xbox One more expensive just to have something they don't actually want. And so then they had to go out and say, no, actually, the Connect will not have to be plugged in to use the new console, but it would still be a pack-in uh, for a console that was, as I said, notably $100 more than the competition, the PS4. And that price difference was such a huge, huge moment for the PS4. PS4. Then later in 2014, they announced an Xbox One with no Connect included for a hundred dollars less again. Hey, and so it's just how like, about what am I that? Do? Yeah, what, what what should I do there? Unfortunately, it affect some people really shittily. For Alex Rig- Rigopoulos at Harmonix, uh, this was devastating when they announced that they were no longer packing in this game. He's he was working with Disney on a game called Fantasia Music Evolved with these huge acts like Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj. It hinged on the Kinect being a pack-in. So it's just, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to like please the developers and please the players, and they're just pleasing nobody by doing all of that. And and so everybody's just getting frustrated. So Microsoft had, by 2015's E3, grown notably quiet about the Kinect. In 2017, they announced they would no longer be manufacturing it altogether. And the Xbox One S and Xbox One X did not even have a port for the Kinect. You had to buy an adapter, and even the adapter has been discontinued since 2018. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, dude. So it is just, I mean, they just fully turn their backs on this thing. And it makes sense. I mean, who uses it or talks about it at all at this point? 
Um, but you know, it did, it did serve some greater purposes as we were kind of leading up to Alex Rigopoulos said, I knew connect was a material step forward, a discontinuous leap forward in the evolution of motion gaming and accomplished a lot despite its shortcomings. And I think it helped pave the way for some of the fruits of that advancement that we are going to come to bear in VR. And I think that already has happened. It's kind of interesting as we talked about how even the virtual boy, we can thank some of the de- developments in virtual reality for, you know, we can thank the virtual white slightly connect way more. So, I mean, with the motion tracking and all this kind of stuff, I mean, it definitely, definitely helped. Of course, Amazon's Alexa with its voice recognition, iPhones with the depth sensing camera using facial recognition that you mentioned, you know, that, that stuff is all here uh, in large part, thanks to the connect. Uh, and then I, I already mentioned this briefly, but again, the connect was used for stroke recovery re- rehabilitation, uh, and the con- so that people could could rehabilitate in the comfort of their own homes and even send in data that the the connect is like capturing in order to uh, to doctors remotely so that they can actually see their progress, which is incredibly helpful. Also, though, I think this is even really really cool. And again, it makes me rethink. Like, damn, I wish that they had this. I wish Microsoft was putting stuff like this out. It's been used as a sign language translator to better help those with disabilities communicate with the rest of the world. I mean, that's a fantastic incorporation. Microsoft should get credit for uh, letting the Connect uh, work with PCs, yeah. putting out the drivers for it, and uh, putting out. I want to say API, but that's for web development, whatever the framework is that lets programmers very easily uh, get data from the Kinect using Microsoft's own frameworks to just kind of cut out the middleman and just get usable data from it. So just the skeleton tracking, the facial recognition, like just kind of uh, letting artists and makers and tinkerers really cut loose with that technology. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about Connect development is uh, one of the breakout, one of the cult classic games, one of the like lost treasures that we'll never get because it was so reliant on the Connect uh, was Twisted Pixels, the gun stringer, which was this high concept on-rail shooter where you played a puppet skeleton cowboy <laughs> with your left hand kind of holding the puppet strings to move him across the screen and your right hand you held like a gun and you fired your hand back to shoot the bullets back. An amazingly innovative and like novel way to use this controller in a way that actually helped the gameplay. Uh, Twisted Pixel is a very funny and creative uh, dev studio. Well, of course, you also know the DLC for that. Well, I was going to get into it. Okay. Sorry, because cool, the yeah. original Gunstringer <laughs> was stuck in Connect exclusive hell. They didn't really have enough money to make full DLC sequels and like add the extra chapters. So the way they got around it is they shot multiple episodes of poorly, cheaply uh, created FMV Mad Dog McCree style shooting gallery game. No, they got Troma. Oh, people people yeah. know who Troma no, is. we did episode on Troma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got Troma to make the Wavy Tooth yep. Man Chronicles <laughs> and it is just Mad Dog McCree. It looks like it's shot on VHS. <laughs> it is corny as hell. That's it incredible. is glorious. Gone like tears in rain yeah. because the connect is gone. Also, NASA used to connect in an Oculus Rift uh, at their Jet Propulsion Laboratory to control a robotic arm for potential future remote use in space stations. And a programmer in South Korea managed to develop software to monitor the demilitarized zone that separates North and South Korea to identify humans attempting to get across and differentiating humans from animals and things like that for better surveillance. There you go. It's so wild to hear you talk about all these things that it became because when it like when the Durango when the Xbox one was kind of first like uh, uh, rumored they were talking like oh 
the connect always needs to be on. Yeah. And always needs to be like connected to the internet. It's going to scan your living room. Yeah. And it's going to see how many people are watching the movie so it can charge you more, which like that was shit they had to walk back on. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't even true, but like that was that happened around the time Edward Snowden went public with the NSA leaks and stuff like that. It was a very bad time to be like, oh, there's this camera that has to be always on yep. and is watching you and listening, even though that is like where we're at now. You know, it's like. The, the, the joke about like, oh, man, the vaccines, they're going to uh, they're, they're tracking you with the microchips. It's like, no, if, if Bill Gates supposed to track you, he's already doing it with your phone. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And no, they're not totally. trying to control my brain. They're trying to sell me premium keto snacks on Instagram. And I'm going to buy them every time. Yeah, it's not almost more. It's like less even about the connect and more about the way they tried to roll out that Xbox one initially because it was so weird because you, you've never seen like they always normally hype a console and instead they led with all the things that were required and were that had to be or or the don'ts and it was like it's kind of like um i instantly back in the day when i used to do like online dating if a profile started with rules (laughs) i was out immediately if the profile was just like Number one needs to be like this. Number two, you got to be like this. I'd be like, swipe just left. That's red done. Flag. Nope. Yeah, short we kings need not apply. Oh. Sadly, I'm so old. This was the time. This was the era of OK Cupid. But right, that was like a personal rule. If it started with rules, and that's kind of what Xbox One felt like initially. It was just like, here are the rules. It always has to be on. And you're just like, whoa! I didn't tell me. Make me want to buy it first. But they were so confident with the success of the 360. The greatest thing to come of all of that was there is the. How to borrow games on PS4. <laughs> yes, I loved it. And yeah. you watch that video now and you're like, what's the big deal? Yeah. But you have to remember, like, when that video came out, it was a fucking murder. Huge <laughs> that deal. was the moment. That was the kill. Xbox as a brand was done. That killed it completely. And then Phil Spencer had to do Game Pass. Yeah. And like, here's the Netflix, please. Here's a bunch of free games. Buy Xboxes, please. And I mean, they are starting to really become, I think, come back into their own with, with Game Pass and everything with the new line. That's the fascinating thing about Xbox One. And it's a little outside of what we're talking about, but like, you think about like, oh, you know, it didn't have a big killer app. Yeah. It didn't have, you know, the next Halo or Gears of War didn't quite move like God of War or Zelda. But like, weirdly enough, Xbox changed the game by actually like their killer app was actually an app. Yeah. It wasn't a game. Totally. Because honestly, like I, I have neither of the new systems because they're, they're hard to find. Or really I can't find a PlayStation 5. So yeah, I currently don't either. But honestly, like I'm looking at Game Pass and I'm like, I probably get an Xbox just because... That's a screaming goddamn deal. It's definitely the better sale. I, I literally am just such a Souls psycho that I need to play that Demon Souls remake. Yeah. But, uh, so that's why I'm going with the Dude, PlayStation 5. The PSG version, that, that game still, that game, Miyazaki nailed that formula yeah. out of the gate. Check out our Dark Souls yeah. episode, Derek, if you'd like to know more about that. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our episode in the Connect. And please, please check out Stop Skeletons from Fighting. He has a great follow-up uh piece on a lot of this stuff we are we're working on that that the the follow-up um we we were working we did the uh, the original connect video came out in 2019 and uh it was a big project we took a little bit of break and we we're gonna jump back into it and then the pandemic happened yeah and we just kind of didn't have it in ourselves to do a big ass video but we actually just put out a video for the engage uh um and i strongly recommend you check that out and also i'm on a podcast here i also have my own podcast stop skeletons and podcasting yeah i love please it. check that out I do me and my me and my, my partner producer Grace. We talk about uh, the show as well as other uh, uh, stuff. Yeah, shout out to Grace too for helping us coordinate this and everything as well. Yes, I was in my like editing 
cave and she was coordinating this and I was so just like, what's going on? Tell me where I go. Yo, I also see at a glance, another good companion piece, the history of the Xbox 360 Red Ring of Death is, it seems, is your most popular video even. Yeah. So check that out because that's all rolls, wraps into this whole story. I would so. I would say that you've maybe seen that already. That one, that one did very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did quite well, my friend. Yeah. Uh, uh, for sure. Well, thank you again. Check out Stop Skeletons uh, uh, from Fighting on YouTube. Check out Stop Skeletons from Podcasting yeah. on wherever you get podcasts. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Anything else you want to plug before we uh, wrap this up? I just need to know, like, which one of you is the wizard? Which one of you is the bruiser? It switches every single week. Yeah. Whoa. That's the gimmick. It's like a little oh gimmick kind of. <laughs> And we, we were wondering how long it took people to, to notice. Too. Some people started to notice, but yeah, we actually it's like we, I, we wizard don't plan and it. or the bruiser. Yeah, exactly. We sort of we're sort of um, we switch roles depending on depending on how we're feeling this week. I think I was a bruiser, but either way, I want to give one Patreon shout out. Uh, awesome Voltage says I wanted to shout out my own podcast called Upstream Without a Boat that can be listened to almost anywhere. You can listen to podcasts. It features me and my two friends talking about random subjects and making terrible jokes all while attempting to make a hopefully enjoyable podcast for others. If you'd like to uh, get your own Patreon shout out, check out patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Um, that's uh, the most expensive tier, but for just $5 a month, you can just have us, you know, in your ears a little longer. We do weekly bonus episodes, 10 bucks a month, or is it 15? I forget. Uh, 15. For exclusive entry into the elite study session streams yes, on Discord. Yes, every Sunday, uh, 5 p.m. ET, you can join us as we check out whatever we are researching that week as a group. It's always a blast. Great community over there. And lastly, check me out on twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho, Monday, Tuesday, Fridays. Jake! Follow me at Best Jake Young on Twitter to read all my thoughts and plops and get uh, early access to some uh, tasty nuggets of ephemera from my week's research. And uh, really got to press the flesh on that Patreon. It literally is the only reason I'm alive. Yeah, it feeds us. <laughs> Or we die. Oh wow! I guess can I? I, I, I gotta plug my Twitter too. Do I'm it. on Stop Skeletons at Stop Skeletons on Twitter. We also have a Patreon. Yeah, do it. We got a couple bucks after you do Wizard and Berserk. <laughs> Give us a couple bucks too. But yeah, uh, and I used to stream every Wednesday, but then this damn Connect video, like, just really, sorry, engaged video, really, really got me. But I actually was hooking to. Uh, start streaming again. Oh, great. And actually playing some NK stuff on stream because it's a wild, it's a wild shit, folks. What's Twitch? What's Twitch? Uh, Twitch.tv for? Yeah, it's Stop Skeletons from Fighting on Twitch, but only Stop Skeletons for Twitter. Awesome. I couldn't fit the whole thing, so we're just Stop Skeletons. Of course. Got and YouTube limit. is Stop Skeletons from Fighting. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. And always remember never stop bruising and keep on whizzing. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.